You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. powerful or omnipotent. The root meaning of omnipotent is to be able. When you're able, you're in a position to do something. God being all-powerful is, is not just in a position to do something. He's in a position to do anything save fail. If God has all power, he cannot fail. Because he has the ability to do anything. Even things that folk say are impossible if he is omnipotent. And we don't have to put an if with it. We know he is all-powerful. Because we are living testimonies that God has did for us what nobody else can do, including myself. I said we are... Living testimonies that God did for us what nobody else could, could do, nor a thing could do. So without question, he can do anything, save, fail. But some question God's omnipotence. In Scripture, God told Abraham and Sarah that he was going to bless them with a child despite both of them being at the age of great, great, great grandparents. But yet he still told them, you're going to have a child. And so Sarah questioned God's ability but God asked Abraham the question, is it anything too hard for me? She questioned it, but he, again, he asked Abraham, is it anything too hard for me? Then told him specifically what he was going to do, and he, he did it. In our day and time, not only do we have folk that question God's ability, but saints that know he is able to do great things question his willingness to do. I believe God can do anything, but I just wonder if he will do this for me. That's what saints question. 
Not all saints, but some, they, they, especially those that are going through trials and have not yet received something that they have been looking for for a while. They wonder about his, his willingness. And then you have some that when, when they get in trouble, and the trouble increases or things get worse, they start to question not his ability, but his willingness to do for them as if God is a respecter of person. God is no respecter of person. And God does exactly what his word states, but you have to be aware or know that that's the type of God that he is. And so when you find yourself wondering if God is willing to do certain things for you, one of the best things to read is Psalm 46 and 1. Let's, let's look at it. Psalm 46 and 1. Psalm 46 and 1. God is, help me with the next word. Our. Who's? You got to put yourself there. God is our refuge and strength, very present help in trouble. When you're in trouble, God, right there. But you have to be aware of that. You have to know that. Be because you, you, can't, you can't be to the point to where you're like, folks, you're, you're looking for him physically to do certain things. You have to be aware that he's there and whatever is happening because he is omnipotent, he is allowing it to happen. You, you can't, when you are in a situation and things start to get worse and you done prayed, you're not recognizing that God is there. When you store it, when when you go back and say, God, I really need you to help now, He already helping. But you have to be mature enough to know that when you done pray, when you done ask Him, that God, He ain't got no hearing problem. He said, "Ask and it shall be given." You you have to be careful because situations will try to cause you to doubt whether or not God is helping. You hear me? You done prayed and say it's so, 
in the name of Jesus. Things start to get worse. But if you done prayed according to the word, we, we have a promise, according to John, that God hears and he's going to fulfill what we ask him to do because we ask it according to his, his word. But when you don't see what you want to see, don't question whether or not he's there. He's there. He is a very present help. When? In trouble. When trouble is there, he, he right there. But it got worse. He is a very present help in trouble. Remember the Hebrew boys? Right after they had, they had stood firmly on their faith, Things got. But was God still there? And in time, God manifested their salvation. Y'all still with me? Daniel prayed. After he prayed, things got to the point to where they threw him in the lion's den. But in the midst of the lion's den, who was his help? Didn't kill the lions. But didn't allow the lions to do what they desired to do. They were hungry. And we know that because right after he got out of the den, they threw others in the den and they had lunch and dinner. They had a feast, in other words. He helping you even when you don't see what you want to see. You don't feel what you want to feel. He is a very. That means he right there. That means he right there despite what's going on. He, he is right there. But the only way you're going to truly grasp this and hold on to it, you got to be grown folk in this. His ways are not as the ways of man. Neither are his thoughts. How different is high as the heaven? Hills from the earth. So are his thoughts. So are his ways. You got to know that he, he, he helping you even when you don't feel it the way you feel it. Even when you don't see it the way you see it. For we walk by faith and not by sight. God is omnipotent. He can do anything, say, fail. And he's always going to be there for his, his children. Always. Contextually, that's what he wanted Israel to know, even though they had experienced his salvation or his deliverance. He still wanted them to realize that the same God that brought them out of Egypt still had the power to deliver them. And he wanted them to see 
his power based upon what he had already done. And that's very important. See, Malachi 3 and 6 says God changes not. Hebrews 13 and 8 says Jesus Christ is saying yesterday, today, and forever. You have to hold on to your testimony of what God did for you before or in the past. Because that testimony lets you know that if he did something back then, he'll do something now. That's one of the reasons you hold on to your testimony because uh, John in Revelation say we overcome by our testimony. When the enemy is trying to make you think God is not going to move, you can always go back to where it seemed like you weren't going to get better, but you did. Seemed like you weren't going to come out, but you did. And everybody in here, you have that testimony. Yeah. You have a testimony where it, it seemed like it wasn't going to work out, but it did. Oh, look at somebody and say, do you have that testimony? Shout your answer. Ask one more person, do you have that testimony? Shout your answer. You have to hold on to that. Because to whom much is given, much is required. And the enemy as a thief would try to steal from you what God desires you to have. Whether it's healing, a house, or what have you. The enemy going to try to steal it. Or enemies. And one of the worst enemies you have is your flesh. Y'all all right? And so, notice here in the text. He says to them, Leviticus 26 and 13, I am the Lord. I'm your God. I'm your God. Don't ever get to the point where you think your God don't want to bless you. He wanted them to know, I'm your God. I wonder if God want to hear me. He's your God. wonder if the Lord want me to have He's your God. Why you got the one? He your God. It'd be different if he wasn't your God, but he your God. Our God is so good to where he helped folk that don't deserve it. Pull your mirror out. He helped you when you didn't deserve it. We, we have no reason getting no attitude with God because God helped us with, with, when we didn't even deserve it. 
Some of us know right now because of the dirt we did, we, we should be in worse shape than we're in right now. And there's one reason and one reason only why you're not in worse shape. Your God. Your God. Your God is the reason. But see, you can, you can get to going through stuff and, and, and the enemy will try to allow cloudiness to come. To make you not recognize this urn or see that God is doing great things for you in the midst of your trouble. See, God is great not just to bring you out. God is great because he can sustain you in the midst of hardship. God is about testimony sometimes. Sometimes God will allow you to go through what you don't even want to go through because he, he's looking at that which is bigger than you and your situation. Now, I'm going to let him go through it 20 more days because I need him to be a testimony of my goodness. I'm going to allow him to get fired, but then I'm going to allow him to start a business, and I'm going to bless him in two years more so than he ever would have been blessed on that job. It's going to be my testimony. But I'm going to use him to manifest. You got to understand him. And in order to really understand God in depth, you have to be mature. You, you, you can't allow certain things to move you out of God's word, out of his will. You can't allow what a human would cause a delay to make you believe that God is not going to do what he promised. Hebrew writers so understood it to where he had to tell the saints in Hebrews 10 and 35, cast not away, therefore, your confidence. Because it has great reward. You're going to be blessed if you just keep believing that God going to do it. That's what he was basically telling. If you just keep believing that God going to do it, you're going to be blessed. Yeah, yeah, it seemed like your child ain't never going to get saved. But if you just keep believing what God Use Paul to tell the jailer it's going to work out for you. What did he tell the jailer? If you be faithful, God will save your whole household. He'll clean up everybody in your house if you just be faithful. You got to know your God. I, I, I'm telling you, I, I, used to, I used to pray them dumb prayers. Lord, do you want to help me? Lord, you see what's going on. Lord, Lord, I don't know if you want me to have it or not. And I would say dumb stuff like that after quote 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. All of the promises of God are yes and amen. God is no respected person. Saying stuff like that, I would still be talking to God in a dumb way. Ooh, we got too quiet in here. 
You ever talk to God in a dumb way? Let's deal with this a little more. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. That you should not be their slaves. I'm the one that brought you out of a place that you couldn't get out of yourself. Woo, yes, he did. Brought us out of a place we couldn't get out of ourselves. Now the text talked about the Israelites, but we know what Egypt is. Egypt is bondage. Being controlled by something or somebody to the point to where that thing or that person have you thinking about suicide. That thing or that person have you to the point to where you can't even eat. You can't even enjoy your food because of a thing or a person. You better take that church outfit off. You know what I'm talking about. That bill had you to the point to where you were stressed out. You didn't have no money, but it was still working on you. Wasn't nothing you could do about it. And God letting them know you, you couldn't do nothing about the predicament you were in. But I want you to know I'm the one. That showed up and did the impossible for you. Because I'm your God. I'm the one that changed the situation. Because I'm your God. I got to show you something. Go, go with me to uh, Exodus chapter 1. Give you, give you a little picture of, of what was going on with Israel. And you can better relate to the text. Exodus 1, verse 13. Ready? So the Egyptians made the children of Israel, notice this, serve with Rigor. And they made, look at this, their lives better with hard bondage. And of course, bondage is slavery. They made their lives better with hard They were unhappy. They were unhappy because of what the Egyptians were doing to them. Unhappy. 
angry, upset because of what folk were doing today. It still goes on today. You can get upset because the doctor didn't tell you what you really wanted to hear. You can leave the doctor's office better. A woman can be at home with her husband that makes her better. This reason, uh, one thing that, that a husband is commanded, don't make your wife better. Don't make her unhappy. This reason, uh, Solomon said it's better to just go to the top of the house. Climb up on the roof. It's how we climb up there. It's better to be up there than in the house. With a crazy woman. He didn't call her crazy. I'm just bringing it up to date. Lord knows I love y'all women, every one of you. What they did made them, them better. But notice, they made them serve with record. Made them put everything into it. And made sure that they were better. They, one of the worst things you can do is go to work mad. Don't even want to go. It makes you mad when you think about going to work. And, and get this. I want you to really understand this. When such happens, that is the thing that eventually will kill you. If Israel would have kept going through what they were going through. They would have died. They would have died. Slavery. Which they were in. Would have eventually killed them. Oh, don't look surprised. If we would have stayed slaves to sin, it would have eventually killed us. Romans 6 and 23, for the wages of sin is death. Alcoholics are people that Are dominated by alcohol nine times out of ten if, if they stay there that's what's going to kill them that's what's going to kill them
Whatever you're enslaved to eventually will kill you. And, and, and see, in hindsight, the Lord wanted Israel to know. Now remember, the main text is in Leviticus. So here in Exodus, we're looking back. In hindsight, the the Lord wanted Israel to know, look, I'm the one that saved you from death. The Egyptians were going to kill you, but I'm the one that stopped all that. Egyptians wanted them dead to the point to where when they started growing, they said, we got to kill them because there's too many of them being born. So we got, we got to slow it. We got to kill some. But let's keep working them, but let's kill some too. These folk were so evil to where they, they were killing babies. So you know they didn't care nothing about the children that if they work the Israelites to death, they just put somebody else in their place. It's just like if you sell yourself out to a job more so than God, guess what? When you die, when you die, they're going to replace you with somebody else. Oh, they may even talk about all your accolades and what you did while you were on the job and you were this, that, and the other, but, but eventually you're going to be Replace. And depending on your age, sister, as much as he loves you, when, when you die, you gonna be. You too, brother, you gonna be. God wanted them to, to know fully look, I'm, I'm the main one in your life I'm your primary help I'm the one that's going to be with you no matter what you can't say that about no other person and a person can tell you look I'm going to be with you no matter what I'm a, you cannot die with that person You may pray for them when it comes to surgery, but you can't go in there and have no surgery with, with them. And you would, well, what, why should I get cut? He getting cut. He the one with the issue. The only one that's going to really be with you no matter what is God. See, that, that, that's the reason folk don't understand. You, you have to sail completely out to him. Because, and you have to put him first because ain't nobody going to do you like him. It's not just a saying when I, when, when I say, can't nobody but nobody but nobody do you like Jesus. I fix it up so, so you can get with me and I can grab your attention. But it's true. Jesus.
Jesus is the way, truth, and life. We wouldn't be where we are if it wasn't for him. That's just the God's truth. And so again, here in hindsight, he letting, he letting them know that, look, I'm the one that stopped the death machine. I'm the one that wanted better for you. They were making you bitter, but I wanted better for you. I didn't want you to be slaves. Look at what he says here in Leviticus 26 and 13. Let's go back. He did not want them slaves. That's the reason he brought them Y'all better stay with me. I'm almost done. Y'all going to stay with me just, just a little while longer. Notice this. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. Because I didn't want you to be their slaves. I broke the bands of your yoke. And made you up. They had you shackled. But I caused your shackles to be loosed. They had you messed up in thought, word, and deed. But I destroyed all that. Some of us, we were messed up in our mind. Thinking that we couldn't have certain things. We couldn't go certain places. And if we did certain things, we were trying to be like certain folk. Oh, you can, you can sit in that like you, you were clothed in your right mind when, you, when Jesus saved you. But if the truth be told, some of us, we were a nervous wreck. We were jacked up mentally, physically, emotionally. And he told me, he said, I'm the one. I broke, I destroyed the bands. I'm the one that freed you. And, he, and, and even though, again, he's talking about Israel, we can put our name in the text. He said, because I didn't want you to be, get this, their slaves. God changes he don't want you to be nobody's slave. Because, yeah, the Egyptians made Israel better. But it's things and people that have made you angry, bitter, unhappy. And some of them we were in love with at one time or another. Ooh, you're quiet now. But ain't it the truth? I didn't want you to be their slaves. What did you want for them, Lord? What did you want for them? If you didn't want them to be their slaves, what did you want? Because we know whatever you wanted for them, likewise you wanted us.
I'm closing with this. Let's go to Exodus 3. Y'all still all right? We'll start at verse 7. This is what God wanted for them, the reason he delivered them. And if God changes not, you can, you can see yourself here. Ready? Exodus 3, 7 and 8. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry. Because of their taskmasters, I know their sorrows. I may believe he still knows what we are unhappy about. Verse 8. So I have come down. Implication, it, it was personal to him. I have come down. Down. He everywhere, but he wants them to understand how personal it is. That's the reason when we talk about our relationship with God, we call it personal. Because that's the type of God he is. He wants it to be a close, intimate relationship. He wants you to know that he... He, he has you not just in the church, but outside the church. He a 24-7 God. He ain't no Sunday God. He a 24-7 God. Out, so I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. And this is what he wanted for them. He wanted deliverance for them. But then he turns around and he says this. And to bring them up from that land to a good and large land. This God talk right here. Egypt was a nice place. But then, then God compares what he has in reference to, to Egypt. He said, I want to bring them out of that place to a good and large land. And see, you have to understand this because, because Israel was not as big as Egypt. So when he talks about a large land, he, he's not talking in the sense of, of the land that he had being bigger than Egypt. No. But he's talking about it being more prosperous. More productive than Egypt. You, you could have put Israel, even today, you can put Israel in Egypt. No telling how many times. But God said, I'm bringing you to a land that's good. That's going to make you happy. Going to be beneficial for you. And it's going to be large. It's going to be prosperous. That's what he wants for his people. He wants us to be in a prosperous and a good place. What we call better and better. Oh, good God, do you see yourself in the text? 
I have come down to deliver them out of the land of Egypt and to bring them up from the land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey. And, and this is what I love about God. He'll make your enemies your footstool. To a place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, Amorites, Pezzarites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Folks who, who fought against the children of God before they went into bondage. I'm going to give you their land. I'm going to give you their stuff. It's God. See, see, it's personal. When, when God loves you and has a connection with you, you don't ask crazy questions like, do he want you to have? God will move folk in order to bless his children. His children. You mean God will do something? Yes. Are you reading this text? You understand what I'm saying? But you can't have the mentality of a slave. You got to know that God delivered you not for you to go back into bondage or slavery. But to experience his bounty, his blessings. You believe it? All right, I'm going to stop right there.